Okay, I want to expand a little bit on question 17. <clears throat> the whole concept of endurance. See, Paul writes that, that verse, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs us all, weighs them all, that gives us the idea of there's a purpose and there's a reward, okay? And then in chapter one, he had told us that the comfort we receive from God during our time of trouble produces in us patient endurance of that same sufferings we suffer. And I want you to think about the, a walk that you took, maybe a hike or run, whatever, that was very hard going. Maybe you didn't know it was gonna be as hard as it turned out to be when you started out, but it was, at the end, it was worth it, okay? Um, mine was about 30 years ago, and Ron and I got off the train in the middle of nowhere in southwestern Colorado, and we were heading up to uh, the Colorado's Womenooch Wilderness Area. And it was a six-hour, 3,000-foot, straight-uphill hike in Colorado. Ron, he, um, he ran a, a wilderness ministry for troubled youth. And so he needed to go and encourage his staff because they'd had a lot of trouble with some of the kids. So he was going to encourage it. And I went along for the fun. Uh-uh. <laughs> it was cold and dreary. It was straight up. And um, <laughs> I hurt all the way up. I wish I was back home, back at the hotel, in the hot tub, staying cozy and warm. But at the end of that horrific hike, I saw the most gorgeous display of wildflowers that I'd ever seen. And it was in this ring of 14,000 foot peaks called Chicago Basin. So you had these, these beautiful mountains and it was covered with wildflowers, just like somebody had painted it. Well, God did, he painted it. So it made it worth it to go up that hike all the way up there. I will never do it again, but it was definitely <laughs> worth it. You know, Paul says for us that we go through these things and we develop patient endurance. And the Bible talks about endurance a lot, especially in the New Testament. So here's some truths about endurance. I just wanted to share these with you. Number one, endurance is good. <clears throat> the Greek word is hupomone. It means bearing under. It means you're holding up a load with staying power, stick-to-itiveness. Um, it's the quality that enables you to stand on your feet when facing a storm head on. Like high winds blowing at you, but you're able to stand up. That's the idea of this bearing under. Staying power requires some long-term burden, not just getting stuck in traffic. Okay? So if you're thinking of that as suffering, then you're trivializing what, trivializing what Paul is saying. Because when he's talking about these light and momentary troubles, he's going back to what he said earlier about being struck down and persecuted and crushed. I mean, not crushed. He wasn't crushed. But um, broken and all those things. Uh, and then he's going to talk about some more of it in chapter 6, and he's going to talk about a bunch of it more in chapter 11. So it's something that lasts longer than an afternoon. And many of you know what I'm talking about. You have faced afflictions, troubles that have lasted maybe your entire life, maybe the life of your children, maybe someone close to you. You know what a long-term 
load like that is like. So endurance is good. Endurance makes us stronger. So if you think about osteoporosis, you know, where our bones get weaker and we start getting these Swiss cheese holes in them, especially as you get older, as women get older, that happens. And we try to prevent it. It's not good for anyone. Uh, we want to have strong bones, right? So everybody says you should have a regular intake of calcium and vitamin D. And then what else are you supposed to do? Exercise, load-bearing exercise. Because when bone is stressed, it actually becomes stronger. Nutrition alone won't develop strong bones. And Bible study alone won't develop endurance. Only troubles that challenge your faith, that teach you to rely on God, those do. Anyone want to say bummer with me? Are you book learners? You'd rather just learn it from the book? Yes, definitely. That's not how God works. Endurance is necessary to grow up into maturity. If you think about the process of growing children, or growing, growing up for human children, okay? Um, teething. Teething is miserable, right? For the babies and for the mamas. Yes. But... You have to let the children go through teething in order to have teeth so that they can do what? Chew food. Right. You wouldn't want to remove all of their teeth when they're born just so they don't have to go through teething, would you? No, you don't do that. Same thing is true about learning to walk. They're going to fall. They're going to get hurt. Or riding a bike. They're going to fall. They're going to get hurt. But the goal is that they learn how to ride a bike. What about adolescence? That is a long, painful, but necessary time of learning independence. And the goal is to raise someone who is a fully functioning, responsible adult, right? What if, let's say, what if my daddy never let me go through anything that was hard. Never let me go away from home. Never let me experience challenges of personal decision-making. I couldn't have grown up. So what if our Heavenly Father never let us know any needs? You know, if He didn't let me know any needs, I wouldn't know what it was like to rely on Him. So it's part of the growing up maturity process by having us go through some of these hard times so we can develop strength. God's goal for us is to be mature and complete, like Christ, reveal Christ in us, right? He's transforming us, and endurance is his tool to help us reach that goal, to grow up. But here in America, we don't necessarily desire endurance. We get sidetracked with comforts and rights. <laughs> All of us do. And without endurance, we can become satisfied with immaturity. And I think we have met men and women refusing to grow up. You may have them in your workplace. They may be in your home. They may be in your neighborhood. They may be in your family. They may be in your home. They've got a huge hurdle to cross when it comes to following Jesus. And that's what happens when we overprotect children from growing through, going through trouble so they don't develop endurance and maturity. So God won't do that. He wants to grow us up. Thankfully, he does not have us all get the same thing at the same time. 
You know, it doesn't, we don't all go through every affliction that could possibly be there. We don't. Number four, endurance teaches us to depend on God more than ourselves. And in 2 Corinthians 1.21, it says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. It is God's will for us to go through these troubles. And he allows these things in our lives to challenge us. And it's not to trip us up. It's not to make us fail. It's to help us grow stronger and learn how to rely on him. And that's, he wants us to know that um, we can be stronger through him, stronger than we can be by ourselves. We can be strong by ourselves, but we can be stronger when we rely on him. So the question was, what will it take for you to trust in God to help you view whatever hardships and pain you experience as light and momentary troubles? <laughs> that's, that's not an easy question. It's hard for some of us especially. So what are some of the things that it will take? What did you think about? What will it take for you to, to view these troubles you have as light and momentary afflictions? All right, question number 24. What confidence can you have at your death? Do you have this confidence? Different people have different concepts of what happens after death. Okay, the Bible, this is what the Bible teaches. What doesn't happen at death, it's not annihilation. Your soul isn't annihilated, never to exist again. Uh, it's not soul sleep, where your soul goes to sleep and then whenever Jesus does the resurrection, um, it wakes up. Uh, you are not a floating spirit. You know, the picture of floating on the cloud with your harp as a floating spirit. <laughs> nah. We, I mean, that was in our passage today. We get a heavenly body, a building from God, not a temporary tent. We get a building. It's going to be a good body. Okay, look forward to it. Not reincarnation. We die once, and then there's the judgment. And it's not purgatory. There is no in-between place that we go between here and heaven because who makes us perfect? Jesus does. God does. And when he looks on you, he already sees his son. At the moment you die, you are finished, perfected. And that's why you can go and be in his presence right away, which leads to what does happen at death. You fall asleep on earth and you wake up in heaven. I haven't experienced yet, but I mean, if I'd had, <laughs> it would be a story. <laughs> uh, but that's what the Bible teaches falling asleep here on earth, waking up in heaven. Uh, we leave this earthly tent and its sinfulness, and we get a heavenly dwelling fashioned for us. And since Jesus wore clothes, I think we're going to wear clothes too. And do we get true clothes? I don't know. I was thinking about that on the way here. Um, we aren't going to be naked because it says we aren't going to be naked. All right? You know all those dreams about being naked? not going to happen. We will be clothed. And we are immediately at home with the Lord. Die here, be with him there. Paul states it very clearly in our passage, doesn't he? We can be confident in that. That's, that's something we can believe and be confident in.